Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're chatting with some of our other work friends from across our country who are part of the Youth Unlimited YFC family. We'll hear their stories, why they do what they do, and how they're furthering God's kingdom in Canada. So make some soup, go for a bike ride, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Brett Andrews, who is the Director of People Development at YFC Canada at the National Office. In this episode, we talk about his journey in meeting Christ, spiritual formation, and spending time with Jesus. It is such a rich conversation, so enjoy. Wow, this has been a long time coming. (laughs) Well, welcome, Brett. Thank you so much for being here. We are so... So excited to have you. Yeah, it's a real gift and joy. We always start off with a few fun facts. Okay. So just answer them to the best of your ability. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite soccer team? Manchester United. Mm. Yeah. I'm not a soccer person. <laughs> I'm aware that that's a soccer team. I'm very aware yeah, that that's, that's, a, that's a big yes. soccer team. Yeah. <laughs> How would you spend a free day? Well, I had a lot this summer, so um, when the weather is nice, I would spend it on my bike, going oh. for a nice ride of, you know, 30 to 50 kilometers, mm-hmm. and enjoying nature along a rail trail or something like that, stopping for a coffee, um, time by the river to read and, and uh, meditate mm. on scripture or whatever, um, or with friends having a good laugh together, so yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Okay. So uh, William Wilberforce would be one, who probably doesn't mean that much to you, but he was a guy who was uh, an MP in England who fought for 30 years for the abolition of slavery. Mm. And um, I stood on the place in London, England, where he and his group met, um, and I just think he's a hero of the faith because he stuck with it. And it, it resulted, he had two things, the reformation of manners, which would is interesting for our times too and how people treat each other. Mm. But he thought it should be done differently. And then the abolition of slavery. And, he, and because of his faith, he stuck with it for 30 years. Mm. Um, Martin Luther King and probably Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, mm. I think about nine days before the war ended, he was executed mm. because of his faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just great courage. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd like to talk to him about where he found that courage, what that, how mm. that happened. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, what's the best place you've been to? Best place I've been to? Whoo, this is tough. Because <laughs> I, I think about this often, there's three that wore... Um, Tuscany in Italy, because looking out at vineyards, just, I imagine that's what heaven is like. Mm. Um, Galapagos Islands, which was so unique, um, you know, swimming with, looked like I was in a big aquarium swimming with all these fish Mm. and, uh, just the unique beauty of that place is incredible. Uh, and probably Thailand Mm. and the lush greenery and mountains yeah pretty spectacular so mm-hmm. so cool i'm so excited <laughs> i'm getting travel envy i know <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. well i haven't been able to for ages and oh, it's killing me yeah. so yeah one day yeah, yeah. what's your mm-hmm. favorite beverage who um other than coffee it can be anything yeah. Every well end. i do like i do like cider like a good apple cider mm. um yeah yeah that mm. would be a nice drink on a summer day mm-hmm. yeah if you were working at Youth Unlimited YFC, what would you be doing? Hmm. I would probably be a travel consultant of some kind. I used to work for Ontario Travel. Not many really? people know that. Um, for a summer. And so, I, yeah, I would probably do that or something in the hospitality industry. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. aside from those fun facts, tell us about yourself. Huh. Uh, I am a father. Um, I am a husband. I had, my wife, Joanne, is a public health manager in charge of infectious disease. So you can 
imagine what the last 18 months have been like at our house. Incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just an, um, an embarrassingly talented person. <laughs> um, like she can do so many things that it's incredible and, and mm-hmm. very smart. And uh, we have a wonderful relationship. Um, I have two sons, one who is 30. Uh, Brendan, who lives in Saskatoon, is married to Katie, and then I have another son who's 27, Chris, who's an artist um, who lives in Montreal with his girlfriend Natalie, and actually he's in an artist in residence in New York City right now till oh, wow. January. So, um, yeah, I th- you know, living or dead, who would I have um, a meal with? I think you asked earlier. Mm-hmm. It would be those two and mm. their partners because. It's just so hard to pull off these days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's fun to hear. Yeah. So we're going to take it back a little bit. And sure. I, I'm really intrigued to hear the answer to this question because I'm wondering, mm. what were you like as a teenager <laughs> a few years ago? <laughs> just a few. Teenager? Yeah. Um, Wow. <laughs> There's lots of different versions, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I actually do a talk on adolescent development, and I trace all the ways that I tried to find out how I belong, mm-hmm. what my identity was. And so I was, uh, um, I was into athletics. I wasn't fantastic. I actually got better as I got older, mm-hmm. um, but wanted to fit in there. I smoked a lot of drugs in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, grade eight and nine, probably, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I fit in with athletic kids. I would hang out with those who partied a lot. Um, you know, in the later years of high school, I spent a lot of time dating girls because I thought, you know, that would give me meaning. And mm. um, so, as a te- and, I, and I came from a dysfunctional family. My dad was an alcoholic, and that kind of marked our family. Um, mm. And it was really difficult, to be honest, and, and we still have a lot of residue from that. So... Um, a large part of high school is trying to figure out where did I belong, was I loved, um, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, sounds about right. I feel like it's just, we all, I think all teenagers sort of live that journey. It just looks differently depending on your, your story. Yeah, you try on different clothes to see what fits. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I know that YFC has been a part of your life. For mm. a long time. Like, Ainsley and I yeah. were laughing about it longer than we've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> that one hurt. <laughs> There's yeah. a gift in longevity. There is. Um, yeah, that but one hurt. as, if I'm remembering correctly, like you came to Christ through YFC, yeah. right? Yeah. So as you think back, what have been the greatest joys and challenges as, yeah, YFC has been a part of your life? Hmm. Well, um, yeah, when I was 17, one of my best friends died in a car accident, and that was mm-hmm. the thing that, you know, I'd been talking with my YFC director, Gino Retta, and another guy named Bill Hodges about faith for a year and a half, and I had every excuse you could imagine um, and every hesitation, and they faithfully met with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when Jeff died, it was like, um, my life doesn't have complete meaning, and I mm-hmm. want to know this God. And you know, part of that was around fear, you know, fortunately. Like, what if I die? Where do I go? Mm-hmm. That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, yeah, they had invited me to YFC events, um, you know, to do a movie. Um, what do you call it? Like a spoof of an, oh. The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> um, so that's how I got involved and then spent a lot of time in conversation with those guys. But that event with Jeff was what? Uh, sort of turned the corner for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, so then, yeah, I went away to a camp, uh, Fair Havens, that some will know, um, w- which helped ground me somewhat in my faith, but it was also a very legalistic place that mm-hmm. took a lot of years to shed um, some of that <laughs> stuff. And then I volunteered with YFC, like you. I did a summer, and you, I think, did a summer internship mm-hmm. with Toronto <laughs> Youth for Christ, because that's where I grew up. Oh, okay. And um, then came on staff. I was actually going to college for creative advertising broadcasting. Mm. And then while I was working at camp, met a young guy who had, eight-year-old boy who had cancer. And uh, then he came to know Christ, and I just felt like I want to be part of that. Mm. for people. I want to, you know, be part of helping them to come to know Christ. So 
I went to Bible, well, I went home for the summer and told my parents that I wanted to go to Bible college. And my dad said, well, you should probably move out. So it wasn't received well. Um, and, and it was, it was tough integrating that with my family. Um, mm. so I worked for three years in Toronto Youth for Christ. And, uh, then because of the needs I was encountering with kids, um, I went back to school and did my master's in counseling. Um, and then, well, I've had other opportunities too to, you know, go on to do other education, which you're probably going to ask me about, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> sure. Um, so, but I, some years in YFC were really difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first moved over to the national office in 2001, it was an absolute disaster. Um, we didn't have a strong board. The leadership, well, there was me and one other person. And uh, I didn't know when I would receive my paycheck. Like, mm. it was just so disorganized, and it made it hard to know when we would pay our bills. And I remember talking to a board rep and saying, like, could you just tell me when I'm going to get paid? <laughs> so I would know, and then they mm. thought I was being disrespectful. So it was, it was interesting. Wow. Um, so those were ugly days, and, mm. and I think by the grace of God, I stuck with it. I actually prayed that God would bring me out of YFC um, because Mm. it was so challenging. And uh, so to think of that and then where we are now in the strength of the national office and Mm -hmm. some local chapters that it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I've I've got a lot of those stories that we won't even put on air. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Always those off podcast stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about just spiritual formation, which some people may be um, more familiar with and some people may not. Sure. Um, but can you just tell us, crash course, yeah. <laughs> what is spiritual formation? Sure. Um, some, some people will relate better to, you know, the term sanctification, that they like that rather than talking about spiritual formation. But, it, mm. um, you know, the process where we're being made like Christ is sanctification, but Spiritual formation specifically is the process of being conformed to the image of Jesus uh, for the glory of God and for the sake of others. Mm. So, um, you know, you can see 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, which talks about that, or Galatians 4, 19, where Paul says, um, I'm in pains, childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. Mm. Um, so it's this, it's, it's, it's formation... It's all about the Holy Spirit who guides the ongoing journey uh, towards union with God. So, mm. yeah. Um, I liken it, I thought about this yesterday, you know, what's the, the difference? And we can get into this more, but I don't cook a lot of stuff, but one thing I cook really well is minestrone soup. So so I can go to the supermarket and I can pick up a can of Campbell's minestrone or Habiton soup and bring it home, put it on, you know, the stove and it's ready in two minutes. Yeah. Um, But it tastes like it's been prepared for two minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Whereas when I make a homemade minestrone, you know, there's olive oil in the pan, uh, then garlic and then onion. And so, you know, the nice aromas arise and then you've got you know carrots and green beans and tomato and celery and and almost they smell good right and then Mm. you add some spices and and it like it overwhelms the room right and then some good italian sausage um so and then tomatoes like layer upon layer of goodness Mm. (laughs) um and then tomatoes and then some pasta and it's like you eat it like you have a spoonful of this stuff and it tastes like heaven in your mouth, mm. right? So um, I think we often settle in our spiritual life. We settle for a can of soup mm. as opposed to a beautiful meal that um, awakens your senses. Mm. So I love that metaphor. Not only because mm. now I want to come over and have your soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, glad but. to share it. It's, Breakfast and minestrone soup, yeah. it's about all I do well. So. Yes, but I love that because I think sometimes within like Christian circles, ministry circles, discipleship, whatever, there can be this perceived pressure to be like, you have to do this. Like, mm. this is what you need to do because you should. Like that yeah. should word that comes up. Yeah. But I love that because it's not about you should. 
it's that look yeah. how much better this is. Yeah. Like how, and like that aroma, you know what I mean? Like not only yeah. is it better when you taste it, but the, yeah. the, yeah, the aroma, if yeah. you will, comes across. Yeah, we've, we've done a lot of damage shooting on each other mm. so, <laughs> uh, in the Christian life. And, yeah. and I would say that like this is an invitation, right, where Jesus, um, almost like he holds out his hand and says to us, come, yeah. you know, sit with me, mm. Let, let's eat together, let's, let's talk, let's lay back, let's have a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah love that i think the thing i've been challenged with the most is that all of this takes time yeah <laughs> like the should and i would say that to myself right and mm-hmm. i would say it to other well yeah i probably have said it to other people like you should probably do this mm-hmm. right but i think i realized i don't know a couple of years ago i don't actually have to figure it all out now I am in, I mean, who knows how long I'll be here on earth, Yeah. but yeah. if I'm going to be here for a few more years, I don't have to figure everything out right now at 24. It's, no. it takes time for yeah. it to, yeah. for it to cook. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 and the metaphor mm. works there, right? Like yeah. find, find something new that works for the next couple of years that brings you mm. joy and mm-hmm. yeah, that brings you into God's presence where you can just uh, enjoy being with him. And, mm. and it is slow. And, and I think in our spiritual life, we take in so much information, but we have, even in our prayer lives, um, we pray to God asking him for things, right? And it, rather mm. than being quiet and saying, okay, God, what do you want to speak to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, that's a great challenge. It's a great discipline just to sit back and listen and say, okay, mm. what do you want to say to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So what does this mean for the work that you do? I just realized that we never asked you, like, what is your role at YFC? Like we've had <laughs> with every yeah. other episode with this season. So maybe you can explain yeah. that a little bit. Sure. Yeah, it's a good question. So I'm uh, the director of people development mm-hmm. for YFC Canada. So um, on my team, we have a couple of therapists, uh, Wayne Friesen and Kevin Hamp, who are just very gifted at Coming alongside people, we have some spiritual director, directors like uh, Karen Bott and mm-hmm. Carissa, who's doing some of that. And then uh, we have a, a leadership coach and Daryl Parsons, um, and then discipleship specialist and Josh Lott, and and uh, the trainers Dana and uh, Wayne and and Ivy do that. So they care about you know new staff to the organization and, mm-hmm. and trying to equip them for the work. So, um, yeah, my team is all about helping people to succeed in ministry. Yeah. Giving Mm -hmm. them the support they need and hopefully, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we've reaped the benefits of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's fun. It's fun Mm -hmm. for us. So Mm -hmm. it makes me tick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in this Mm -hmm. conversation about spiritual formation and, and, you know, what that looks like maybe on a day-to-day basis, what does that look like for you? Um, yeah. in your role at YFC. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a different podcast this summer <laughs> um, where the person was talking about, you know, we invite people, come and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then uh, the person gives their life to Christ or starts following him or surrenders, however you choose to understand that. Um so they become this believer, but they have no idea how to have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And they typically learn propositions, like bullet points about who Jesus is. And um, they learn information, but they never... It's like you. I could see a biography of Jen or Ainsley, um, you know, in point form, but it tells me nothing really about who you are until I sit and converse with you and yeah. see what makes you tick and enjoy that time, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the relationship... I think we neglect to teach young people and new believers, no matter what age, is how do you actually have that relationship? Um, Rick McKinley, one of the my favorite books in the last few years is um, called Faith for This Moment. I don't know if you guys have read it, but I would recommend it. And he talks a lot about this cultural moment and how Christians are known. We are known... Well, he wrote that in 2017, so now it's even worse mm-hmm. how people perceive us. Yeah. Um, you know, with all that's gone on with the horrors committed, you know, uh, to indigenous children. Um, 
we are just known by, and this this grieves me. We are known um, for some of those atrocities, for mm. being angry, and people have forgotten that there's been a lot that's been done in the name of Jesus that's been good. Mm. Um, and so, my heart. <laughs> I just want people to know of the goodness of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So I forgot your question now, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, oh, okay. faith for, I know now. Okay, so faith <laughs> for this moment. He uses this phrase. He said, um, one of the things that we've forgotten to do in this generation is how to practice faith. Mm-hmm. And so um, he said, you know, people in previous generations knew how to pray, knew how to read scripture, knew how to be with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... One of the things that I think we could do best as youth ministers or or any age is to teach people how to practice faith. How do you slow down so you can be with Christ? What are some of the rhythms, Mm. some of the ways that you can benefit from being with God and uh, hearing him? So. Yeah, I'm really thankful. Like we, like Jen said, we get to reap some of the benefits of that. And I mean, Jen and I probably are, experienced some of this YFC training in a very different, I guess, stage of life than others. Cause I was 18 when I did SI and Jen was yeah. 19. So we were quite young and we had no, like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I was in a place where I was like, I'm going to do youth ministry for a really long time. I was <laughs> like, why the heck am I here? Kevin, you didn't tell me this was YFC training. I thought yeah. this was for who, you know, we were just at these places, but yeah. you know, I think back at how that was in such a key time of my life, like it hit home mm-hmm. for me. But I think mm-hmm. even being a place now um, where I look back a few years ago on some of those things that we learned and working with other youth leaders and youth workers and church people and just different things and realizing that I'm so thankful that mm-hmm. I learned those things as my primary. Yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. was actually the foundation for me personally yeah. of where my ministry started because that was taught. And I think it really shifts the lens of how I do things. And, you know, mm. not that I always am the best at <laughs> practicing that yeah. way, yeah. but I think it has been so um, amazing, especially if you think about, you know, the type of youth work that we do sometimes that is yeah. not, it, it is much about the formation and the journey and the story and the slow cooking than yeah. the amazing stories we get to tell that don't always happen and the, you know, the fruit of what I thought it would look like and actually being able to look more at the, the process and the journey with people. So yeah, Yeah. I, I don't want to speak for Jen, but I know for me, it's been super, um, neat to have that as Mm -hmm. yeah, the, the base layer of how I've been trained. So excellent. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And and your story is not that different than mine or a lot of other people. And Mm -hmm. I, I just found um, in grade seven, my teacher, my homeroom teacher came to me and said, Brett, you're probably going to fail this year hmm. if you don't pick it up. <laughs> um, you know, so that was part of my early education. And, you know, I said, I went back to do my master's and, and then eventually did my doctorate. And I never would have thought I did that, mm. would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because I wanted to keep learning and keep growing more. And mm. I found that, and maybe you guys can relate to this, but, um, my output in ministry far exceeded the input. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I was giving, and then you have like dark or re- tremendously sad stories that you hear from kids or things that they believe about themselves mm-hmm. and you, and it grieves you. Right. And so you need time alone with Christ to um, gain his perspective or regain his perspective. So mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And I would agree. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Glad to hear it. Well, and and it's a lesson we keep learning over and over, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that it happens for me every year. I think, okay, I I need to sit down and be quiet Mm -hmm. and and just be with God. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's cool. I certainly don't need more information because I'm choking (laughs) on it. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Funny enough. So talk to us a little bit about how this has looked for you personally. What has contributed to your own sort of formation? Sure. Um, I did the Arrow Leadership Program back in the late 90s. Um, and during one of those modules, there was a guy named Leighton Ford. And I don't know if you know Leighton Ford, but Leighton mm-hmm. Ford was uh, um, an, you know, an evangelist who worked on the Billy Graham team. He was actually a brother-in-law of Billy. But then he started Arrow. Uh, because he recognized the need 
for people to be formed to be more like Christ and to lead more like Christ. So we're on one of these modules, and he said, we're going to go to this park in British Columbia, um, which helps, um, the beach in Vancouver. And he said, we're going to do something called Lectio Divina, which literally means divine reading. Um, and so he gave us a portion of scripture, you know, he suggested, and he said, just go away for uh, two hours <laughs> and just think and meditate on this scripture, read it out loud, um, then read it again and read it a third time and see what things the Holy Spirit impresses on you. And so I thought, two hours, what in the world am I going to do <laughs> for two hours? <laughs> so I, I actually fell asleep um, because my friends and I had been staying up way too late having fun the night before. So I fell asleep, um, but then had this time of Lectio Divina where I wasn't just reading the Word of God to try and analyze it and make my, it fit my system of belief or whatever, but I was reading it to say, how does God want to form me? How does He want to change me? What's He saying mm. to me? And now every time I speak, or almost every time, I spend time in Lectio Divina just saying, okay, God, what do you want to impress on my heart here? Mm -hmm. So Lectio Divina has been huge. Um, in the year 2011, I went through a burnout. Um, you know, there had been a lot of losses in my life at that point. So I went through this time of burnout where I, one guy said, it's like your soul is asleep, Brett. And mm. he said, here's what I want you to do. Start with gratitude. Um, name 10 things that you're grateful for. In keeping with, you know, Philippians 4, where Paul says, whatever is true and noble and beautiful, think on such things. So I came up with this list of 10, and then I went back to him. He says, okay, now think about 10 more. And so by the end of the week, I, he wanted me to come up with 100 things on this list that I was grateful for. So, mm. and, and I found it, right? And it wasn't just thankful for it, but I'm thankful to God. Um, and this beautiful thing happens when you practice gratitude is that you can't, bitterness and gratitude can't cohabitate. Mm -hmm. um, so it, my heart shifted. And, and uh, so that gratitude is a huge practice. Um, just sitting and thinking, uh, one of my favorite poems is Love the Third and, and uh, by George Herbert. And mm -hmm. You know, I spent an afternoon just thinking on this poem, um, and we can share it later. I th you guys have a place for resources. We, yeah. we could probably share that. Um, but I spent an afternoon in Georgia at a friend's cabin just thinking on this poet, poem where God ex says, I am love, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, and I love you just the way you are. So... Um, so those things are huge. Rhythms, uh, rest. I have no trouble having a Sabbath day. Um, some people struggle with that, but I've been doing it long enough that my picture of God is big enough that no matter what I have, he's able to carry that for the mm -hmm. day. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I once had this meeting with some young women. Um, they sat at a table and, and asked questions of me. I was supposed to be the sage. <laughs> um, so they asked me all sorts of questions, and they said, and I said, I turn off my phone, like, after 10 at night, I don't, you know, care about it till the next morning. They said, how do you do that? Actually, I do it mostly after supper. Um, they said, how in the world can you do that? Aren't you afraid you're going to miss stuff? And I said, yeah, I do miss stuff, but nothing of huge consequence, and, mm. and God is big enough that he can carry it. So mm. so some of those practices, you know, boundaries, um, Sabbath day of rest, uh, reading scripture in a way that forms me, um, mm. listening prayer where mm. I'm, you know, being quiet and saying, what does God want to say to me? Mm. Um, and I've been fortunate to have two Sabbaths, you know, I just... This is my first week back after a four-month Sabbath yeah. rest. So mm -hmm. um, some of those things have been just beautiful gifts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I just think how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how, yeah, like... Um, yeah, you really need to work on it. It's not, we naturally don't gravitate towards any of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, my mentor one time, I was having a really hard time, even just with my Bible reading. Mm. I don't know what it was, but it was just yeah. so I couldn't, my mind was going a mile a minute. I could not 
just even for five minutes, just sit and quiet or just read my Bible. Mm-hmm. Just, Jen, it's like a shower. You need it. You need to clean yourself or else <laughs> you're going to be a little stinky, yeah. but you need that time to like wash yourself in yeah. God's word and to spend time with him. Yeah. And um, yeah, hearing again, like you've been walking with the Lord for a couple of decades, <laughs> a few, a few decades, 40 right? Years, you know? yeah. 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 And so yeah. to hear the things that you do is helpful and encouraging for me mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. again, like it's not, we like those big, exciting moments and those mountaintop experiences as people will say, but right. the beauty of following Jesus in the everyday, boring, sometimes mundane seasons yeah. of life yeah. um, is really beautiful and challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. And you brought up a great point there that sometimes you need somebody else to spur you on. Mm. And, uh, you know, spiritual direction is something that's very helpful to have another person. I I met with a pastor yesterday um, for spiritual direction. I meet with him. I have a spiritual director. And some days I went through a tremendously dark period over the last three years. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a spiritual director who would sit with me and I didn't even feel like reading scripture and, mm-hmm. and he would read it and I would just listen. Then he'd say, just sit with that for, you know, five minutes, <laughs> which seems like 20 years. Yeah. Um, but we need others to come around us and, and, uh, spur mm-hmm. us on. I think mm-hmm. that's why the one and others are so important, mm-hmm. you know, in the new Testament. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Why do you think it is that we make our faith so individual? I- yeah. <laughs> this is pretty big here. So, yeah, you know, I'm like, um, just slide it in there. Yeah. We live in a pretty individualistic culture. Um, you know, if we're going to succeed, you know, I need to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very independent. I, I am an incredibly independent person. I'm, I grew up in a family of seven of eight children. So I, I joke sometimes, but there's some pain there too that I basically raised myself. Mm. <laughs> and so I've learned to be incredibly independent. So to, to think about having a mentor, whether that's a peer mentor or somebody above me who mentors me is, is very difficult, right? Because then I, then I have to make myself known to other people, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I have to admit my vulnerabilities um, and, and, when you live in such an individualist society that says you make it by being strong and being independent and forcing your will, um, I think it's really hard to be humble. It's, it's hard to humble yourself, to be vulnerable, to allow other people to speak into your life, to actually really let them know you. Mm-hmm. That's scary, right? Uh, it's scary and it's beautiful. There's that paradox, right? Like mm-hmm. when somebody really knows me, when somebody takes the time to listen well, beautiful things happen for me, right? Like, but it's such a rare gift mm. that, um, but yeah, when we practice that for other people, I think it's incredibly valuable. So, mm. yeah. Mm. You mentioned that you just came back from a sabbatical, like yeah. four month period of rest. Yeah. Um, for those of us who don't know what a sab- sabbatical <coughs> is, Explain to us what it is, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, what were these last few months like for you? Hmm. Yeah, well, I'm very fortunate. Not everybody gets to do this, but mm-hmm. in YFC Canada, we encourage people to have a Sabbath every seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, my last one was in 2011, so it was actually 10 years. But it's a time of going away and resting. Um, that's the first thing: is resting uh, so that you can recuperate. Um, refreshing in the Lord and then, um, you know, building practices for resiliency to come back to work. And my personal story, this isn't everybody's, but, you know, I lived through a three-year period that was very dark. Um, This won't seem like a big deal to people, but I was, you know, I have played competitive soccer most of my life. So three years ago, um, I had an injury where I tore my ACL and haven't been able to play soccer since, uh, which I miss, uh, but I miss the community of soccer players mm-hmm. and families. We hung around together, we camp, um, we have a relationship, and we would talk about God around campfires when we went away together. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so this, so that was a huge thing for me. That was a real loss. And then uh, shortly after that, I lost my sister Wendy, um, who had a heart attack and, and passed away three months after, after my knee oper- knee injury. Um, and then my mother passed away one year later to the day that my sister had died. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my mother in law died in January of last year. Um, a brother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and then another brother is in the end stages of COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So, um, all that to say, and, and I was pretty, my ministry life was pretty full, um, but I was really wondering where is God in all this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know where is his where is his goodness? Um, you, you sit in conversations with people and they say, you know, God is so good, and I'm sitting back there resisting that and saying, theoretically, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that, but experientially, I don't right yeah. now. So when I went away for my Sabbath, it was a time of um, you know grieving a lot of losses. Um, and it took me, to be honest, about five weeks to be quiet before mm-hmm. God and want to read scripture. Um, I, I was kicking and screaming. Um, so then in the, the last period of the sabbatical, I had these long, slow times with God in Lectio Divina in uh, conversation with my spiritual director. Um, and I was listening to a devotional at one point, and this kind of became my motto during that time, um, September 2nd, I was listening to this uh, devotional, and the speaker was talking about how, they were talking about J.R.R. Tolkien, who's a hero of the faith. So uh, then he talked, in his prayer, um, this person said, I want to be like the hobbit who returns to the Shire with a song to sing and a story to tell. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of became my thing. I want a song to share and a story to tell. Mm. Um, so I kept you know, having those long times with God that I was very fortunate to have, and I was away on a four-day retreat on my own. And that's not easy for me. Trust me, I'm a very <laughs> distracted person. Um, but at, at this retreat center, Kingfisher Bay, I went on this uh, one-kilometer-long hike, and they have different stations along the way where you can practice different things like thinking about Philippians 4 and, you know, what are you grateful for or what do you need to leave behind? And um, and on the loop of that hike, they have a shack. And so I went into the shack (laughs) and um, uh, played a song, um, Lord of the Starfields, you may or may not know, uh, by Steve Bell. And Bruce Coburn originally wrote it, but in the song um, it says... uh, Lord of the Starfield, Ancient of Days, um, Sower of Life, and and it has all these beautiful praise things. But mm-hmm. I got tripped up on Sower of Life, and um, that is because the period before that had been so many losses, and I'm getting emotional. But um, in the middle of the summer, my son Brendan and his wife Katie came home, and... Uh, One night, Katie, my wife and her were talking, showing each other pictures, and Katie said, Brendan, do you want to show your parents this picture? Um, And it was an ultrasound of the baby Mm -hmm. that they're going to have. So it was just a time of that sore of life phrase Mm -hmm. uh, where God reminded me. You know, there's good things ahead. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, life, there's more to life. And the word I had been praying, and somebody else had suggested this to me before I went on Sabbath, was joy. Because I like having fun, but I didn't feel like I'd had it for a while. Mm. So that was a word... I trusted God with during the Sabbath. And uh, um, so there I was singing in this shack 
four mm. times and hoping nobody was hearing me, <laughs> 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 along with Lord of the Starfields and, and Joy. Um, mm. I don't know how else to describe it, but Joy um, filled my heart. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. So there's been a renewal of sorts, and that's be- but it didn't come easily. Mm. Yeah, it's a slow cook. Mm -hmm. it seems to be a theme yep yeah (laughs) Mm, thanks for sharing that I think yeah in light of all these things that we're talking about of like slowing down and even margin and all these things like you're saying these things not because your life has been absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. um I'm sure there's been moments and seasons but it's yeah often through the really 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 difficult that these lessons are in a way refined or solidified or however you want to say it yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. It's mm. um a good a good story but a hard story to hear. Like it's such an interesting to hear you say and it's like sabbatical was good yeah. and restful and joy and yet you had to really mm. confront a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah, it was agonizing at mm. times. Um yeah, there's an author that I really enjoy and has become important in, in our training, uh, Peter Scazzaro. And so I was reading this book during the course of the summer, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. Mm. There's a great chapter on grieving and buried treasures that happen there, mm. um, which isn't our first instinct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but while I was on that retreat, I worked through those questions, you know, what are you angry about? What are you... Um, what are you sad about? What are you anxious about? And what are you looking forward to? Mm-hmm. And so I w- would meet with a spiritual director each day on that retreat and tell her about those things. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't do it alone. And mm-hmm. as I say, the first six weeks were really hard to, <laughs> to settle in and, mm-hmm. and do that. So, mm-hmm. But it, it's a great gift. So mm-hmm. if you get the chance, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Tuck that away so, and keep yeah, in mind. Yeah. So. Um, so kind of just to, to bring it back to maybe some encouragement or, um, direction for people about how to do this. Cause, mm. um, you know, sometimes it's a sabbatical, sometimes it's a retreat, sometimes it's just the daily patterns, like you said. So, mm-hmm. um, speak to our listeners who are hearing about, I mean, spiritual formation, but, you know, just also these practices of that input, um, yeah. And, you know, where would you encourage them to kind of start off if they're thinking, wow, I need this, or I've never heard of this before, or, yeah, any of those things, what would be your advice? A few things. Um, You could ask uh, somebody to be your spiritual director, somebody Mm -hmm. who knows how to accompany another on their spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. In YFC, we have that, um, but there are others and I know you two um, have a spiritual director, mm-hmm. mentor, and that's phenomenal. Um, I envy you because you've started it early in your ministry career. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm. Um, so to have that, to have others who will speak into your life is great. But I would say there's some wonderful authors like James Bryan Smith, uh, Ken Shigematsu, who's a Canadian mm. guy. There's another book, Rich Velotis, The Deeply Formed Life. Um, Ruth Haley Barton has a book called Sacred Rhythms where she talks mm-hmm. about gratitude and discernment. Um, the Unhurried Life or The Unhurried Leader by Alan Fadling is like just breaks these practices down into really small bites so that mm-hmm. you, you know you don't have to start with a day <laughs> with God um, or the app, you know, Lectio uh, 365 yes. I know has been a wonderful gift to the mm-hmm. Christian community. Love it. Mm. Um, you know, 12 minutes a day where you're starting or ending your day mm-hmm. um, thinking about God. And, and the nighttime version of that, Lecture 365, is actually comes out of something called the Daily Examine, which mm-hmm. is a spiritual mm. practice, spiritual discipline, right? Where you're mm. view, looking at your life and saying, where did I see God at work today? Mm-hmm. Um, where did I fall short of what God uh, desires for me? Mm. Um, so, you know, start small, but yeah, uh, Lectio Divina, you, you know, 
it's pretty simple. All you have to do is show up with a Bible, <laughs> um, which most yeah. people have on their device, right? Yeah. So, uh, and a journal, like journaling can be wonderful. I was yeah. looking at mine, it, and trust me, I'm not the world's most disciplined person, but I was looking at my journal over the course of the sabbatical and see this shift in how God moved. Mm-hmm. And um, I looked at, oh, okay, he was forming me. He was speaking mm-hmm. to me slowly because that's what I needed. So, um, I went to Bible college and when I went to Bible college, we would show up in class and on the whiteboard or blackboard at that time (laughs) would be all these bullet points about who God was and the doctrine of end times or whatever. And, you know, I would study at home books that I had to read and so on. and, And it became, um, I became very aware of this near the end of Bible college that I had spent an awful lot of time learning about God. Uh, but not necessarily being with God. Mm. So just because you get a formal education doesn't mean you've experienced God. So it's a different thing. And when you're in ministry, um, there's a deadly trap. Um, There's a deadly trap of us reading, praying, just so that we can be successful in ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's the thing I fight all the time is I'll read stuff and immediately think, how could I teach that? Hmm. And and miss that part where, mm, what does God want to say to me first? Mm. What does he want to do in me? Mm-hmm. And I think in ministry, it's way too easy to settle for that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything mm. that you would say differently to young people about this? Hmm. Uh, help me out a bit more there <laughs> with um spiritual formation and stuff like that i'm just thinking there's so many teens that we talk to who don't really know where to start they're trying to figure out what they're gonna do in their life yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a biggie yeah um but they want to know god more and not necessarily know like some of these things or books or whatever can be yeah. pretty intimidating yeah um yeah is there yeah. anything differently that you would say or additionally, would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a practice called gospel contemplation or scripture contemplation that you could do with teenagers and, and say, um, you know, you want to know more about the future, but while we sit together, this is a gift you can bring them and say, I'm going to read this scripture uh, and then we're going to go away for 15, 20 minutes, whatever you do, go away. And just think, what does God want to say to you uh, mm. during that time? Um, or where do you see yourself in that scripture? Like, look at a story of Jesus, like him, you know, let's take the one of him um, on the boat when the storm comes up, Mm. right? And and Peter's panicking, and uh, the disciples are panicking, and Jesus, like, he's calm. (laughs) Like, how in the world does that happen, right? So, uh, and just say, what do you think was going on in that time? Like, who do you relate more to, the disciples, Um, Jesus, what would you be feeling? Mm -hmm. What would you be thinking? And what does Jesus do for them? Well, Mm -hmm. he brings calm. He brings assurance. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, you know, I was thinking yesterday because I was reading Psalm 139 and and there's a verse that says, you know, test my anxious thoughts. And um, yeah, because we live in an age of anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? So can we sit with people, make space for them with God, um, and you can do that with a teenager rather than giving them information, but saying, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you think God wants to say to you? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Our final question. Yeah. This has been very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, to wrap it up, what's the best piece of, of oh, I always stumble over this one. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Ugh. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? Best piece of advice I've been given. Um, stay humble and learn. Mm. <laughs> um, I, was, I was reading, some, the other day I was reading something that John Stackhouse, who's a Canadian theologian, said, he's, he posted this thing, said, uh, you know, a day without books is like, and then he said, who am I kidding? I haven't had a day without books. <laughs> and, and that would be my story too. Um <laughs> Because I feel like I have to read a lot to catch up with others. <laughs> mm. um, and, and I love reading, but it forms who I am. So um, do that and be quiet and be very conscious of don't let 
your output exceed your input mm -hmm. um, because it'll become very shallow, right? And you'll know it and others will know it. And so um, I've said this too many times, but slow cook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much. This has been such a gift. And I yeah. think over mm -hmm. the years, you have been a constant encourage for, I'm not going to speak for you, Ainsley, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's safe to say for both of us. Yeah. yeah just along, sure. whether it's, um, yeah, education or whether it's with work friends or whatever yeah. it is, your intentionality. And I think transparency as a leader, mm -hmm. I really, really appreciate. Even when yeah. you were going through the thick of it with, a lot of losses. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for me, I appreciate that so much. Hmm. So thank you for going before us as a leader yeah. and for, yeah, being really intentional with us as staff and us as a younger generation. We really, yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. It's humbling. Um, but I'm gr I love the opportunity to be with people like you and, and admire what you guys do. Um, I think this podcast is like you do it with joy, like you're smiling <laughs> and everybody you interview, you want to learn from. So I think, you know, that mm. posture is incredible. Um, so keep doing that. And I think that humility, that vulnerability, that joy is a great gift to the kids you work with and the staff around you. So, mm. so keep doing it and keep enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you will not want to miss. So make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening on so you never miss a Monday episode. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Just Work Friends. So until next time, have a great week. Bye. Toodaloo. Ciao. Sayonara. As a, I was going to say, as a, a child told me today, sayonara. <laughs>